All right. Welcome back to the Physics of Faith podcast. Still here with Tommy. I'm back. That's right. Glad to have you here. Uh, and we started with our last episode we were doing, uh, we announced we're doing the book of James. We went through James chapter one. Right before we started recording here, we kind of discussed off camera, like James chapter one kind of sets everything else up. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, it does. It set, sets everything up. It sets the tone. It It kind of shows you like... I'm, I'm going to say this multiple times, yeah, <laughs> you know, in in different ways, but I'm going to kind of tell you the same thing two or three different times. Exactly. All right. So why don't we take a look at what it is that James actually says here? So I'm going to read James chapter two, and um, thank you everyone who uh, is is giving me grace as I read this. <laughs> These are long chapters, and I'm uh, I'm not as in uh, I don't have as good of a <laughs> you know, as, as I used to be. So try to try to do this without breathing too heavily. All right, James chapter 2. Again, I'm reading from the NASB. My brothers and sisters, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and is dressed in bright clothes, and a poor man in dirty clothes also comes in, And you pay special attention to the one who's wearing the bright clothes and say, you sit here in a good place. And you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, did God not choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme the good name by which you have been called? If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as violators. For whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a violator of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment will be merciless to to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment." What use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, yet you do not give them what is necessary to their body, what use is that? In the same way, faith also, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to acknowledge, you foolish person, that faith faith without works is useless? Was our father Abraham not justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was working with his was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. 
and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was Rahab the prostitute not justified by works also when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. What are you saying? I have I can earn my way into heaven? That's a, yeah, no, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to give you a list of things that you can do. It okay. starts by okay, mowing. Cool. Start by mowing my lawn. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. I, you know, we talked a little bit before that this is. Uh, this is kind of where James gets a little controversial with the church, right? Yeah. Um, because we're we're always saying, you know, you know, you're saved by grace through faith, right? And then yeah. James says. Prove it. <laughs> and it's it's kind of interesting, but I think when we dive into into this, what we see is James is not actually saying anything different. Yeah. He's simply laying out the practical guide and how you show that yes. you have faith. How you show that you have faith. Yes. Right. I think and and that's the differentiator. The the and, oh well, we'll get to this in a minute, but yeah, it's it is there's a direction to it. Yeah. You know, it's it's this first leads to this, not this shows this. So, right. absolutely. So the the chapter 2 starts with the concept of showing discrimination or partiality against what's really poor people and rich people or the well-dressed and the not well-dressed or the well-to-do, the people that it makes you look good to be around as opposed to the people that by sight don't look like they bring anything to the table. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is another instance, and, and you see this multiple times in James, is that he's he's flipping everything on its head. It's mm-hmm. like everything that you guys thought and believed before Jesus came and died on the cross is gone. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost the opposite more times than not. And, you know, when he looks, I think that verse 4 kind of means a lot. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? It's It's kind of like, it's kind of like he's saying there, you know, you don't get to judge them. Only right. God does. And he he does, and that guy with the nicer clothes and the jewels is no better than the guy that's dirty and poor. Yeah. You know? and I, think, I love them equally. Yes, I love them equally. I think we also see that um, – and, and this happens throughout Scripture – that and we talked about this a little bit uh, in our last episode when we talked about what it's like in the United States, where we have a lot of things. You know, mm-hmm. it's very challenging for those who have to live um, a, a Christian lifestyle. Yeah, because everything is at their fingertips. You know, um, and it's it one of those things that if we're judging by the content of the heart, oftentimes those who are without have a greater opportunity or maybe see a bit clearer what is needed and um, how to live in humility. Mm-hmm. As those who those who have everything maybe don't. Yeah, I mean, if it's it's easy if you're you know, if if you have a back pain or a whatever pain, we've got they've there's medicine for everything. And right. so it in today's world, you take whatever and it usually goes away and 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 by the way, that's not a bad thing, you no, know, to have to have modern medicine and be able to take away those things. But how much greater is God glorified and sit in those in those situations in those countries where a, a, a guy's leg could be like this, 
you know, mm-hmm. basically at L and God makes it straight again. Or I mean, whatever. I've never seen actually thing that, but um, he could if he wanted to. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's uh, a really good point. I think as humanity, it's easy for us to look at that and say, this is undeniably God. This is clearly a sign from God. Yeah. Uh, with something else, it's like, well, we did that. Yeah. We created that. It's like, if you have a guy who who's blind and Jesus heals him and now he sees, you're like, well, that's a miracle. Yeah. And now you have a guy who's blind. You say, well, here, I made these glasses, put those on. <laughs> sure. You know, it's like, oh, now I can see everything. You know, yeah. uh, it feels like a lesser miracle. But at the same time, this is a good thing to give this man glasses um, and his sight is improved. Is that not from God? All good things are from God, right? Yeah. Like, did God not create the glasses? Right. I mean, yeah. Yes, He did. You know, uh, and I think what we what happens when you have those things and they're right there, you you lose sight of being grateful to God for having put it all there to begin with, and for having inspired someone to come up with the you know whatever it takes to make glasses. Yeah. Anyway, well, and and I think the. One of the things that you also have to remember here is that true wealth is not through things. It is right. not what you have that makes you wealthy. You know, because in, in this day, the the man with you know the jewels and the fine clothes and the big house and all that he was wealthy, and the man who had nothing was poor. Right. But it is it is not. But a a poor. A poor monetarily man who has faith in Jesus Christ is infinitely richer than the man who has every worldly thing and yet does not know God at all. Right. Yeah. And I think that's – we see that too. Is it? I think it's at Galatians where uh, Paul talks about you know it, in Christ. For those of us who are in Christ, there is no – like in, in the kingdom of heaven, there is no rich or poor or yeah. slave or free. Like we're all – Mm-hmm. in Christ, right? So, yeah, I think that's good. I think also here, I think James might even be, because this happens throughout Scripture, he might even be pointing at specific things that are happening, specific people yeah. <laughs> throughout the scattered church, mm-hmm. right? Because um, he calls to account, like, aren't these the same people that are suing you and taking <laughs> yes. you to court, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it really kind of it made me think about this. Um, so, you know, I... I don't know how this is where this is going to be with the uh, when this releases, but uh, it was just announced that the Washington football team owner, yeah, he just came to agreement to sell his team for like six billion dollars, right? Right. Which dang, but if you <laughs> if, if you follow, nice work if you can get it, right? yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, if you follow any of that story, you know that like. His his ownership of that organization is mired by just awful things, right? Yeah. And one specific thing that happened that that I was reading about yesterday, there was a woman who had she was like seventy years old. She had season tickets. She had a contract, and she was supposed to pay for these tickets. And she lost work. She was a realtor, mm. and this you know I think the uh, pandemic hit, and like the house market wasn't doing well. And she was like, "Look, I I am on hard times." Can we defer my payments? Can we come up with something? And the organization said, no, 
and sued her for like 60 something thousand dollars. So the, this organization that would later sell for, for six, six billion dollars now <laughs> needed the sixty thousand right. dollars that they weren't getting for yeah. Now they they uh, they turned around and like when it got brought to light and some stories got wrote about it, they turned around and said, Oh, obviously we don't want to do this. This is just standard we clearly we don't want to sue this old woman who's yeah. been a season ticket holder for decades, yeah. you know. But like we it, only did that because we got caught, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But it really kind of illustrates this exact. You know, typically those who pursue wealth continue to pursue wealth. Yeah. Money and finance is the thing; it is their god. Jesus says this: he said, "You can't serve both God and money." Right? Mm-hmm. Those who put such a high priority on wealth, they serve wealth and pursue wealth at the detriment of their brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Which is why, you know, he goes on to say, um, you know, you're doing well if you follow the law of love your neighbor as yourself. You wouldn't sue yourself. You would extend mercy and grace to yourself. Yeah. You know, you would find a way to kind of work this out and and try to f- figure that out. I think another parable, another great parable about this is when um, – a ruler comes to a man that owes him money, and he says, you know, you owe me money, so I'm going to throw you in debtor's prison. And he's like, oh, please, please, please have mercy and give me some time. And he's like, okay, we'll have mercy on you. And then he goes and finds someone that owes him money, and he yeah. says, you owe me money, you know, so now I'm going to take you to debtor's prison. And then when the original master finds out, he says, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, I gave you mercy, and then you didn't show mercy? Yeah. You know, and this is a parable that and I, I paraphrased it, so please go read it. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, Jesus talks about this. It, this is kind of the the mentality that we see for those who serve wealth. It's hard for them to serve God. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you, you talk about another parable of the uh, – you, you, the the story of the, when Jesus says that it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go into heaven. Yeah, and you know he, he talks. He he sees he sees this rich man. He says, "What do I have to do to to go to heaven?" Basically, mm-hmm. he says, "Give up everything you have and follow me." And he's like, "Oh shoot." Okay, what else? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because well, he goes away because he had many things, and it's you know I, I think that's that the the problem in with wealth isn't that just having having wealth having a lot in itself is not a sin it is that 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 wealthy young that rich young ruler loved his wealth more than he loved Jesus yeah. and he wasn't willing to give it up to follow Jesus 100% cuz he Jesus originally says to him you know obey the law and the prophets and he says well I do that yeah right <laughs> he says well I'm doing that god like yeah. I I I do believe right right in here and I, I'm not a, I'm not a bad person, God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, "Okay, great. Well, then give up your, give up your wealth and do as I do. Yeah, be like me, follow me. Yeah, die to what you want." And he's, and he can't do it. And what's interesting there is God is kind of saying, shows him like, you're not actually a, you're not actually fulfilling the law of the prophets. You're, yes, your, your actions don't really, um, oh shoot. Well, they don't prove what you're saying. Yeah, your your actions don't follow your words. There's put, a, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the another thing that I that I love about this here in the end, he he kind of sh- calls kind of a, calls out their hypocrisy a little bit. Uh-huh. It's like you're you're looking up to the you're you're looking up to these wealthy people, and you think they're so great, but like uh, you have dishonored the poor. Is not the rich who are exploiting you? 
Are they not the ones who are dragging you into the cart? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? Right. Like, you do realize why they're rich, right? Because they're screwing you over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's like when you, you take a, a famous pastor and you put him on Oprah. Yeah. You know, and then they say what they, needs to be said to be pleasing and to be seeker-friendly and to be yeah. all these saints and not ruffle any feathers because, well, I got, I got to be good on Oprah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like... Well, yeah, and it's it's it's. I also look at it like, and obviously I am not in this situation, but like, so you see, uh, think about like a celebrity, like a movie star or whatever, that's super rich, that's got a lot of fame, and so, you know, they can't go anywhere without, you know, being hounded for autographs, and I can understand how that could be tiring, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so and so because of that, they're they're jerks to the public, you know, people come up and ask them for an autograph or hey, can I get your picture in there, and they're rude to them, um. You know, I can't help but think, like, you do know that the reason, like, you're, you're rich is because they paid to see your movie. Right. You know, you are not you without them. Like, right. it is because of those fans that you mistreat that are – that have made you rich and famous. Right. You know, and, and the same thing here. Like, the, yeah, they're rich because they're – like, I don't know why you're – I don't know why you're so thankful and so honoring of them because – you're the you're coming. Uh, I can't. They're it's at your expense, basically. Right. Yeah. They they don't honor Jesus. They don't honor your faith. They don't honor any of the kingdom, and they are taking advantage of you at every opportunity that they can get. And yet, you still hold them up higher than the poor because you identify success as what they look like. Right. And I think that's that's the issue. So we talked a lot about like we really dove into this whole rich and poor thing. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I think another way to look at it, too, in this day and age is – because I think it's easy to look at that and I say, well, I'm not wealthy, so clearly I, this isn't me, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, like, to your point, do I look at wealth as a measure of success? Yeah. Do I count money as my provision or do I count God as my provision, right? right? And that's a way you can kind of bring it into your own life if you're not cutting those million-dollar checks. You know, yeah. like, how do I how do I serve God? How do I follow God? Is it by – pursuing human wealth and looking at, you know, providing through this nature and making that my priority? Or do I look at making God my priority who then provides all things? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of, and with, with that, you know, true wealth is not, not through things. It's come through God. Right. So with this type of preferential treatment, again, he, he takes it back to the love your neighbor as yourself, which is first in Leviticus 19, uh, verses 17 and 18. But then in Mark 12, Jesus identifies this as the kind of the second most important command, but it's tied to the first most important command when Mm -hmm. they ask him, what's the most important commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And and then the other is like this, which is to, um, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And in today's day and age, we really like to, you know, I I know of a lot of not Christian movements (laughs) that talk about loving people and Mm -hmm. will point to this and be like, see, you're supposed to love people and you're supposed to do this. But the first one is love God. Yeah. Like, well, can I love God and be counter to God? And the, <laughs> yes. and the truth is no. If you love me, you will follow my commandments, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, they they think yeah, there there is a uh there is a a synonym with or, or, or it it's not equal in loving and obeying is you know to to the world is not exactly the same thing. You know? Yeah. All right, so moving on here, um, as we get into 10, verses 10, 11, 12, and 13, we see again, there's no difference between 
the sins, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about this again. Chapter one kind of set all this up, and he's repeating it here again. Yeah. You know, there is no difference between it. So if you say, well, I committed murder, but I didn't commit adultery, or committed adultery, I didn't commit murder. Yeah. Exactly. In today's day and age, adultery, like, well, like, that's not like, yeah, it's not great, but like, at least I didn't kill anybody. At least I didn't kill somebody, right? <laughs> yeah. But you broke the law. It's the same law. Right. Right. Um, and it's the same author. You've, it's the author of the law that you should be concerned about. Yeah. It is, it is the same. You, like, it, you know, if you, you know, you think about, uh, you, you know, you think about, you know, you, you got kids. You think about, you, they, there are certain times we certainly will get more upset at our kids if they do one thing or don't do anything. But anytime they, don't do what you say, mm-hmm. whether it's a big thing or a small thing. You know, even if it's whatever, y- you talk to them and say, hey, I told you to do this and you didn't. You know, but uh, again, whether it was, you know, not jumping off the roof or mm-hmm. putting your plate away in the sink, you know, it, it's to, to us, it's not as big deal. But to God, it's the same thing because you disobeyed me. And, Obedience. you know, even as even as parents, you know, yeah, we, we may rank those things, but we still make sure that our children know you disobeyed me. Right. And so, you know, you may not – we may not punish our children the same, but in God's eyes, that, that's why God is much better than we are as parents because he doesn't – like disobedience is disobedience. Right. Well, it's in his perfection. There's yeah. – you know, it's the smallest blemish. It's then what – no perfection, right? Uh, and, well, uh, yes, and and the that's uh, you're looking at it's you are disobeying the the God who gave you life, who put yeah. breath in your lungs, who gave you blood, and be, keeps your heart beating, and you're disobeying Him. Yes, I think it also goes, you know, to the idea of are you obedient to the law? Are you obedient to the the lawgiver? Are you mm-hmm. true to the spirit of it? You know, that's kind of what Jesus gets at when he talks about, well, you say I didn't commit adultery, but I say to you, if you even were like, you know, thinking of it yeah. and entertaining that in your mind, then it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, going back to the kids analogy. You have two kids in the back seat, and it's yeah. like, I told you not to put your hands on your brother. Well, I'm not. I just have them up in his <laughs> face, right. right? It's like, well, the spirit of the don't touch your brother is the same as the don't wave your hands in his face. You may have kept the letter of my commandment, but you didn't keep the spirit of my commandment. Yeah, yeah. How many times have you you, you tell your kid not to do something and you see them l- looking at the candy bowl or whatever, and you're like, don't even think about it. Right. <laughs> right, because as we talked about in the first chapter, it's that lust, it's that desire, it's that idea of like entertaining that idea of, yeah, I know that I shouldn't want money. Yeah, I, I know that I shouldn't like depend on money, but man, it would be nice. Yeah, and then you find yourself on a daydream about what you would do if you won the lottery. Right, and then now again, you're you're away from the things of God because you're not looking at what you could be doing in the kingdom today. You're thinking about how great things would be if you had something other than His provision. Yeah, and then you know what what that could lead to is is doing things, um, being dishonest in gain. You know, if mm-hmm. if, it, if you, you know, if you're a a salesman and you have to, you, you need the money. So, and you're, you're only concerned by that money. So you lie to make that sale or, or, you know, vice versa, you cheat on something or you go behind somebody's back to bring you gain because you have made those, those things an idol to you. Yeah. So as, as we kind of close out that section there, we, he kind of comes back to this idea of the, uh, um, the law of freedom and that, you know, 
as you you are being judged by that law of freedom, and that you should be uh, merciful so that mercy would be shown to you. Yeah, I I always make sure that I underline and point out if if the Bible repeats itself, there's a reason. Like yeah. there's there's a reason it tells the story of Jesus four different times by four different people. Right. Like when and obviously this is just in back to back chapters, but it's still mm-hmm. when when the Bible says things something more than once, it's like hey we we make sure make sure you know this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then that takes us into the the conversation about faith and works here, which is is probably the thing that the book of James is most known for, because um, this is where this is where it became controversial for some Christians and and trying to wrap their head around what James is saying here. Um, but it really, he says, you know, faith without works is dead, and can faith? And he asks this question: Can faith without works save you? And he says, No. Mm-hmm. He says, Faith without works can't save you. You know, and then here we are, good Christians saying, no, but but we're saved by grace through faith. Yeah. You know, so how is that how is that true? I thought this was what made us better than the Catholics, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so I think I think first thing we have to look at is to say it's true that we are saved by grace through faith. That the Bible clearly tells us that, right? Yeah. We know that that's to be true. But I think then we have to kind of look at what is faith. And I think unfortunately what we do is we conflate faith and equate it to belief. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, look, even, even, uh, and he doesn't use the word faith here. He says, he uses the word belief. Mm-hmm. He says, you believe that God is one. The demons also believe and they shudder. Mm-hmm. So demons have belief. I mean, they have knowledge. They know, they know where they came from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so like what separates us and our belief from the belief of of Satan and and the demons. Yeah, and I and I think that the 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 idea is that faith is, you know, it, it says it in Hebrews. Faith is the assurance that God yes. exists. It's not just I think I be, I I believe that etc. It's I know. Therefore, because I know, I am going to do all of these things because. I know, you know, right. and and I think that the the, the trickiness in the D through faith is, in, in the, you know, you talked about how some people the the difference in Catholics and things like that, and it's it's it's, it's like I said earlier when we talk about this, it's a directional thing. It is not your it is not your works that show that equal faith. Right. You don't get faith by doing works. Yes, first you have faith. You believe that. Jesus died on the cross for your sins in your place because you are a sinner. And because of that, you have you do deeds. You you give to the poor. You yeah. help the poor. You spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, those are in a, in a way deeds, but it is because you have that faith that you do those things. Not yeah. hey, I you know, I I serve in my church. I I am an usher in my church. I do this. I watch the. I work in the nursery. I do this, but you if you have no faith, all those things are useless. Those those don't right. aren't gonna those aren't gonna get you in heaven. Right. Then you're just going through the motions, and yeah. you're you're trying to. You're at that point. You're trying to earn it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you understand that you have it, that should be the motivation for why you would then go do these good things. A lot of times we we say, okay, works. Works bad, faith good. You know, yeah. works is me trying to earn it. Faith is is me believing it and receiving it. And that's really not true. In fact, I'd say 
the concept of works, when you look at like the Greek and like how that word is used in the New Testament, works is used the most in the New Testament to describe the actions of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So should you not try to walk in the in those steps? Should you not try to emulate Jesus? And I, I don't mean emulate him and by proclaiming that you're the Son of God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, probably not a good probably idea. Probably not a good idea. But like he went around and he served. He did serve a community. He did. Uh, pray for people. He did lay hands on people, and he did do things for them. A lot of times we think of Jesus as just doing miracles, but you know that Jesus had a collection plate. Oh, like I think. Did you do that? Well, it, it's mentioned. There's the there's the uh, um, there's the the woman comes in with the with the expensive perfume or oil oh, yeah. and anoints his feet, and mm-hmm. Judas is like, well, you know, you could have sold that. We could have collected that money and then gave it to the poor. Yeah. And and Jesus dismisses Judas. And what's interesting about that is that's we that story is in there. We find out that Judas's motivation mm-hmm. was greed, right? Because he stole he was stealing from the collection plate. He was <laughs> yeah. he was managing the money and he was taking off the top. Yeah. And so he was like, we should we should have sold that and should have done this. And Jesus was like, you know, the f- thing that comes first is that we honor Christ. Right. The thing that comes second is that we honor others, that we take care of our, the people around us, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, look at the fact that the, the, he says when he washes the disciples' feet. I mean, that is exactly, if there's no better work than that, I, I don't know <laughs> what there is. You know, I mean, there's no more worky work than that. Right. And, you know, Jesus says, I didn't come here to be served, but to serve. Yeah. You know, you don't follow Christ to be served. You follow Christ to serve. Right. You know? Uh, I, I sometimes look at it as like, if you say you're a Cardinal fan, but you never wear a Cardinal jersey or a shirt, you don't ever watch the games, you don't go to games, it, you don't, you're not happy when they win, win the World Series, and you're not semi-sad when they lose, are you really? <laughs> if you only watch, if you only watch when they're in the playoffs, is that like only going to church on Easter and Christmas? <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think it's those. Those are the things that that show, especially show to others that mm-hmm. that you are who you say you are. Absolutely. So James goes on here and he says that faith and works are not separate. He says that you have to show your faith by your works. You say, well, I have faith and you have works. But he says, I will show you my works. I will show you my faith by my works. So it's really f- active faith. Is works, you know. So I think we've kind of driven that home. Yeah, I think I, I, I probably when we were when we first got to this, I kind of jumped into that a little bit. So I yeah, got a little ahead, but yeah, I think we've kind of already covered that. Right, and I think it's it's interesting too. Like, I've already mentioned, you know, Jesus is doing works, and the works that Jesus did was a testament to who He was. Mm-hmm. The works that we do should be a testament to who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's. Um, I think that's been well said here. So then he he talks about Abraham and Rahab, which is interesting. So Abraham is the father of faith, right? Like he is, <laughs> and his faith was credited to him as righteousness. This is this is the belief. This is what everybody understands about Abraham. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> uh, what's interesting here is when he talks about it, he says that um, he says that Abraham's faith wasn't perfected, and there's that concept again of like. Trial brings the perfection of our faith, you know, um, until he uh, had to take Isaac to the altar. Yeah. Now, this is something that's interesting to me. So I was I was listening to a, a, another uh, podcast from some other guys, and it, 
system. It's really good. And they were kind of talking about some of the things that Abraham was doing and, and how, you know, God promises Abraham that he's going to be the father of this nation. Yeah. Right. And so Abraham believes that. Right. But then he tries to make it happen on his own. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so he has, so he goes and he has a child with Hagar. Uh, was it Hagar? Is that right? Sounds right. Sounds right. Anyway, he, he, so he's, he basically takes his wife's, um, uh, you know, handmaid and says, you know, I'm going to go sleep with her yeah. and we're going to, you know, and, and Sarah's kind of on, on board with this. I think it was her idea even. Yeah. And so Abraham leaves the wisdom of God and goes to the wisdom of man. So he has a belief in his heart that God is going to fulfill his promise, but then he tries to fulfill God's promise for God. Yeah. Right. And that is not faith. Right. Eventually, Isaac does have it. So he kind of failed that test, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Yeah. Um, and then Isaac comes along. It comes along the way that God said he would, and then God says, now go sacrifice him. Yeah. And he does. He, well, he doesn't sacrifice him, but he he's obedient to God because at this point he now knows. He's now saying in his heart, if this is the way that God said it has to happen, then this is the way that it will happen. Yeah, it's almost like he was giving him a second chance. Yeah, you know they they created this covenant. The, he made this covenant with with Abraham. Says I'm going to do this as long as you do this. And mm-hmm. Abraham essentially broke that covenant, but God still gave him a second chance. He says, "All right, I, I know I'll, I'll give you a second chance. Now remember, I told you this, and we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Now prove it. You know, yeah. all right. How how much do you believe me that I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain?" Sacrifice that son that that I gave you. Then I'm going to create your the the nation of Israel through. He's like, and yeah. he does it. And you know, you see Abraham's faith. You know, in that story, they they walk up with the, with the, I think there's a servant with them as well, and he says, "The boy and I are going to go over here, and we will be back." Yeah, you know. He, he says, we will be back. Because he knows the promise. He, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. He knows exactly why they're going over there to do it. But he still has the faith that God will take care of things. That's right. Um, so, again, this is, uh, this is just when you get caught up on the words of it, of, like, of thinking of like, oh, works and yeah. faith, we have to understand that what James is teaching us is that these are two sides of the same coin. These are together. Yeah. You know, he says that Abraham and Rahab were justified by works and faith. Uh, I think a better way to say that was they were justified by works of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but the word justified is what we use. Justification is this, is salvation, right? They were yeah. um, adopted into the kingdom through those acts of faith. Could we say that Rahab really uh, believed and, and was really righteous if she didn't follow through with her commitment mm-hmm. to help the spies get out of and to and to then like go through the motions and then to hang the red ribbon and all of those things. Yeah. Like if she hadn't done those things, would she have really believed? Would she really had faith that she was going to be saved and spared and that yeah, you know, the people of God would come in and take care of her. Yeah, think about that. And you know, I've never kind of thought about it like this, but you know, she when she when she was talking to the the two spies, it's like we we've heard what you're doing and we we know who you are and we know that you're going to come. And and so even though she knew that and she knew that these spies had come to check it out and they were getting close. She could have hightailed and ran. She goes yeah. like, all right, let's, let's, hey, mom, dad, they're here. Let's go. You let's, know, let's but escape. she didn't. She was like, all right, I'll do this for you if you promise to do this for me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. and she didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, 
that's where we end chapter two. So what else is there? Did we miss anything? Is there any other things we want to jump into there? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think, I, don't, I, think, I think we're good. All right. Fantastic. So then we'll come back with James chapter three. 